Our God is great. It's wonderful to hear you sing this morning, Resurrection Sunday. In the beginning, it says, God created, and the earth was formless and void. There was darkness over everything. And then God said four words. He said, let there be light. Amen. God spoke it, and it says, light appeared, and it was good. Don't you love the light? It also says in the beginning, when God created man and woman, we were formed from dust. And yet, God breathed into that dust, and life came to be. God is good, and he said it was good. So here's the question that I want us to grapple with this morning. What were we created for? What were you created for? A few weeks ago, astronomers captured an image that had never been seen before. It had been theorized as Uh, Human beings have always had a fascination to look up into the skies, into the universe, and gazed. And I'm sure you have been out in a dark, starry night and gazed up and wondered at the immensity of it all. And astronomers, as they peered into the depths of the universe, they thought and they theorized that there were these things called black holes. But it was only a theory. Um, They could study the effects of these things, but they couldn't understand them. They couldn't quite grasp, and they're still learning about them. And, and uh, this is going to be overly simplistic, but, but it's an amazing phenomena that's affected much of how we view the universe, how we view time, how we view many things. And it's been a confusing thing because black holes are different, different from anything else that we observe. But I don't think it's a mistake that God put black holes in the universe. And this, as you see behind me, is an image, the first image that has ever been captured. And scientists have been trying to do this for a long time, and they worked hard, and they finally captured an image. And I want you to look at that and see a contrast, a contrast between the darkness in the middle and the surrounding light. And this is overly simplistic, but a black hole is a gravitational pull that's so powerful it actually sucks light right into the middle of it, and the light disappears. And so we look at these things out in the universe, and we wonder, why are those there? <laughs> and I, I believe God doesn't make any mistakes And I believe he placed those there to grab our attention, to make us wonder and make us question. But I think in the human experience, we understand black holes. We understand those things in our lives that seem to suck life right out of us. It's almost like a gravity that grabs hold of our lives and sucks the life right out of us, like a sinkhole. And many of us, maybe some of you here this morning, are facing some of those things in your life. Maybe you have been dealing with a sickness, a broken relationship. Maybe you have financial 
difficulty. Maybe there's fears or addictions or some kinds of distorters or habits that you have in your life. Maybe there's guilt or shame that you have felt. And the one that all of us understand and face is ultimately death, which is always lurking. It's the ultimate black hole of human existence because it's the end for every single one of us. Every living thing faces this inevitable end of death. So we see that, we know that, but we ignore it. And what's interesting about the black holes in the universe, a lot of people questioned if they would even exist and they didn't really want to accept the reality of them, but they do exist. And the black hole of human existence exists. It's there and we can't ignore it. And so we ask the question, why are we here? What is the meaning of life? Why were we made? This is the ultimate question. Now, I know many of you are like me. You just get up every day, and you're just trying to live, right? Get by, hope you get your cup of coffee in the morning. I was thankful for my coffee this morning. (laughs) We just want to pay our bills. We just want our kids to survive. Sometimes I wonder. I just want to get another day to to live, right? And we get up, we hear our alarm, we get up, we go to work, we do another day, and we have this seemingly mundane existence. But every once in a while, something will happen, and we'll pause, and we'll wonder, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? Why was I made And from the first breath that we took as babies, as we came into this world, there was a yearning, a longing for life. I remember when my boys were born and they took that first breath. And those desires that we have for life starts pretty simple. Just another milk, another drink, right? It's simple. But as we grow older, those desires grow. And we don't want to just eat every day. We want to thrive. We want success. We want to flourish. We want to be fulfilled as human beings. We want to experience joy. We want to experience pleasure. There's so much that we want to see and experience in this life, and we want significance, and I think this is from God. I don't think it's an accident that God made us that way, to put those desires in our hearts, those longings, those dreams, those aspirations that grow in our hearts and develop as we, as we live, I think this desire ultimately points to God himself. But because of the black holes in our hearts, in our existence here as humanity, our vision can get distorted. And the things that we think will fulfill us, those things we think that will satisfy, those things that we think can give us meaning, we try them and we find out they're pretty empty. And many of us have lived long enough to try many things and find that they do not ultimately satisfy. This is the human condition of striving, of yearning, of seeking many different things. In John chapter 1, verse 1, we are told, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things have been made. 
Without him, nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life. Think about that. In the beginning, in him was life, and that life was the light for all mankind. And so as human beings, as we search for significance and meaning and fulfillment, and we try everything and we find that it does not ultimately satisfy, we hear the word of God being spoken over us saying, He is the word. He is the life. And life is only found in him. And listen to this. The light shines in the darkness. (laughs) The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? Jesus stepped into our world, into human history, History is full of many different accomplishments, many different people who've done amazing things, but there is no one like Jesus. Jesus came, born of a virgin. He came as the Son of God, the creator of the world, and he stepped into humanity. In John chapter 1, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He experienced the full human experience. He got tired. He got hungry. He had all the struggles that you and I have every day. Jesus stepped into our world, and he took on humanity. But he was unlike us in that he did not have a black hole in his life. Instead of him being pulled towards what is empty and meaningless and despair and and void. His life was full of blessing. And so everywhere where Jesus went, he brought goodness. He brought joy. He brought healing. He brought hope. And people were drawn to him. They came to him from all over the world. They came to him, seeking him out because he was different. He didn't have wealth. He didn't have money or power or all the things that we think give us significance. He had nothing. He didn't even have a home. Yet he had life. And goodness came from him, and people were drawn to him. He was unlike any other man who has ever lived. But as he lived, his light, his life, came into contact with the darkest darkness of humanity. The Romans came up with the cruelest way to torture someone. They invented the cross. And here this morning, we have a beautiful lighted cross. But the cross in the Roman time was not beautiful. It was rugged. It was ugly, and it was reserved for the worst of the worst. And Jesus, the Son of God, who lived a life of blessing, of purity, of goodness, of joy, of love, and everything that is good, everything we long for, he had, he was put on a cross. And I think, if we think about a black hole, I think of no greater black hole in human history than the cross. Because the cross demonstrates the reality of the human condition, that we are lost, that we have darkness in our hearts because the cross demonstrated the violence, the hatred, the anger, the jealousy, the pride, the selfishness of the human condition because Jesus, the Son of God, full of purity and goodness, was crucified. He was beaten. He was spit upon. I was thinking about this this morning just the reality of violence in our world. This morning I woke up and the first headline I read was Christians in Sri Lanka were slaughtered and killed as they worship God. 
And we've become so familiar with this. Our human history is so full of this. And the cross demonstrates that. It exposes it. It exposes the reality of who we are apart from God. But here's the good news. (laughs) Just as God said in the beginning, let there be light. And just as God breathed into man and woman with his breath, the darkness of the cross and all that humanity has was not enough to overcome the light. <laughs> Do you believe that this morning? The light overcomes the darkness. That's what it says in John chapter 1. Amen. Jesus overcame the light shone into the darkness. And here's what it looked like. Resurrection. <laughs> Resurrection because that ultimate sinkhole of death could not keep Jesus in the grave. He walked out of that grave, the light of the world, and he began something new. Resurrection life in our world, in our universe. This is what 2 Corinthians 5.15 says. We are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. They should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised to life. I don't know, dear brothers and sisters, if you are convinced, but I am convinced. I've experienced the darkness in my own life, and I've experienced the power of the resurrection of Jesus in my life, and it's changed everything for me. I'm convinced of this. I've staked my life on this reality that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did defeat death. He defeated sin and the darkness in our world and the light will overcome it. So what were we created for? Those who are part of Rimrock Church know that we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. And this morning we're going to be continue to stay in Sermon on the Mount, an amazing passage, because Jesus came to show us how to live how to be transformed, how to see the resurrection and its power take hold of our lives right now, not sometime after we die, but right now, the love and the joy and the peace and the blessing and the goodness of God is available to us. On the screens, we're going to read the words of Jesus this morning as we think about what we were created for. This is what Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Would you say salt? But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Did you say light? A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what were we created for? I believe Jesus tells us we were created to be salt and light. I have salt up here. How many of you have tried to live without salt for any length of time? I have. (laughs) I went to uh, the Amazon rainforest, and we had to fly in everything, and they forgot the salt. (laughs) So we ate a whole week without salt. You wouldn't believe what a cheeseburger tasted like after that. (laughs) We need salt. 
try to imagine life without salt. What about light? Have you ever tried to live without light? I grew up in a place where we had power outages all the time. And I remember the first thing we would do when the electricity went out, we'd go light a candle. We'd get out the flashlights. We need light. And we don't even think about these things. We don't even think about salt and light. We get up every day and we take it for granted. But think about the power of what's inherently in these things. Jesus is being intentional here. He's telling us that he has a purpose for your life, for my life. That's powerful. It's powerful. Because salt and light are things we take for granted, but we cannot live without them. And this is what God is talking about here. Jesus rose from the grave for a purpose. Because he loves you and he loves me and he loves every person who's ever born in this world. That's why on the cross he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And because of his love, he was willing to go to that place of the cross and he rose again. But he wanted to teach us what life could be like if we allowed God into our hearts. If we allowed the light of God into our hearts, a transformation would take place and we would no longer be people pulled towards darkness and death. Rather, we would be a people pulled towards goodness and life. And so Jesus tells us there's two things that we were created for in this passage. In God's goodness, he's inviting us to his life that's impossible without him. It's with him, with us. But this life has two aspects to it, two purposes, two things that we are to be marked by. Number one, we are to be marked by goodness. Goodness. Because God is good, he is making us into his image, into his goodness. And so what does Jesus say? In the same way, let your light shine that they may see your good. Say good. That they may see your good deeds. You see what Jesus is doing? He is defeating death. He is defeating darkness. And he's putting a light in you. And he's putting a light in me. And he's putting a light in every person. So that the world could see, see that what God intended in creating this world was for it to be a good place. A place of goodness. A place of fulfillment and satisfaction. And he's starting with us. He wants us to be the kind of people that are transformed into his goodness and reflect his goodness to everyone we come in contact. And so in your home, in your work, in your community, everywhere you go, in your school, and everywhere you go, the goodness of God is evident. It's not hidden. It's shining, and it's affecting everyone in your life. This is the purpose of Jesus. This is why God created you. And secondly... And importantly, it's not about us. God did not create us so that we could be the kings of our own little universe. <laughs> he created us because he made the universe and he is the king of kings, but he made us to be his children, to be his people. And he created us with a purpose and that purpose is to bring him glory because we become most fulfilled, most satisfied, most human when we understand who God is and we glorify him and we live for him and we praise him and we realize his wonder and his majesty and that he is above all things and over all things and in all things. And when we realize that, we see his glory and we long for that glory above every other glory. And we're not interested in our own. We see 
what we truly are. We have value. We have worth. But we see that ultimate worth, ultimate value, ultimate identity is only found in him. Amen? God's glory. Two purposes for why God created us. To do good, as Jesus said later, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And then the ultimate one is to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our strength, everything we are, to love him because he alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. Praise his name this morning. Praise him. Let's praise the Lord this morning. Give him thanks. He is glorious. He is wonderful. He is the king above all kings. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up this morning. There's two invitations this morning. Maybe you're here this morning. Someone invited you, and you feel like you're in the middle of that black hole. There's no light. There's no life. Today, that could change. Jesus came for you. He died for you. He loves you. He sacrifices so that you can be forgiven and free. Receive him. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, and you will be saved. Receive Jesus this morning. And the second invitation is maybe you are a follower of Jesus, but you've lost sight of why God created you, why he made you. He made you to be salt and light. He has good things for you, and he wants to use that goodness that he's put in you to be a blessing to everyone around you. And so receive the message of Jesus this morning and the calling that he's put on your life to do good, to be good, because he is good and he is in you and he is with you. Amen.